Hey everybody, it's Mikey D. Welcome to my stoop. It feels like yesterday when we roamed this lost world. A little town amidst a giant city. Quiet, crazy, wild, and sometimes lonely. Never boring, yet at times it was. It was a place where characters roamed and lived bizarre tales. Yet these were not works of mythology, and it's all tattooed on my mind. So sit back, and let me tell you the stories of this ancient city. Let's hang out together on the Stoops of Atlantis. The beauty of the Stoops in the days of Atlantis was how familiar everyone was. Same faces, on Stoops, walking down the street, sweeping sidewalks, looking out windows, and working nefarious businesses from shadowy nooks and crannies. It was a familiar cast of characters. But a lot of people were born and raised around those stoops, and some of them left the hood and made names for themselves, famous and infamous. And every so often, a famous person would visit the hood, either making a movie or going to a local restaurant or doing charity work, or operating vast criminal enterprises. I met Al Pacino once. I was an extra in Donnie Brasco. <laughs> in fact, I'm on screen with Al and Johnny Depp. Watch the film. Look for yourselves. It's an early scene. Al and Depp are walking down the street. Al explains to, to Donnie Brasco you know, that the, a real wise guy never uses a wallet. They use a rubber band. Big bills on the outside. See them? Look. Look at the scene. They're talking. Did you catch that brown Buick drive by in the background? Windows closed? Driver invisible? Yeah, that's me behind the wheel. I think we did three takes. It was bloody freezing out, so the window was closed, and all my great 70s wardrobe was for naught. But between scenes, one, one day, he walked by me, and I said, Hey, Mr. Pacino, I'm a fellow East Island kid. And he went, Oh, okay, that's nice. He shook my hand and walked off. And he was. He was born on 114 before he moved to the Bronx. Years earlier, he showed up on 118 one night. They were filming Serpico. A crowd formed around roped-off barricades as he walked under rain machine showers. And a drunk man fell on my sister that night. And after all that, the scene never even made it to the final cut. A castmate of Al's also made an iconic appearance on those same cobblestone streets. 118 off Pleasant Avenue. Jimmy Kahn, yeah, it was the most memorable scenes in one of the greatest films of all time, The Godfather, right on Pleasant Avenue. Oh, come here, come here, come here. I was only five, I think, at the time, but I can recall the 1940s old-fashioned cars and lampposts that magically decorated the 70s hood. I would give anything to have been a little fly in the wall at Patsy's Restaurant, when Coppola and the gang did a script read-through. I mean, can you imagine how cool that must have been? Fly me to the moon Let me play among the stars Patsy's used to make great pizza. I'm not sure what happened in recent years, but that delicious burnt crispy crust and delicious sauce and cheese have become... Paperish slop. But back then, well, even the chairman of the board, old Blue Eyes, came for a slice. Or a few pies. 
Frank Sinatra would show up on Huntington and First in a limo that had a golden ram as a hood ornament. It was the 70s, and that ultimate symbol of hedonism was totally unapologetic. Fill my heart with song and let me sing forevermore. You are all I long for, all I worship. My sister's good friend was the daughter of one of Patsy's chefs. One of the times that the smooth Italian crooner visited Patsy's, her and her friend were there, mere feet from Frankie, and he gave them the remaining slices of the pie he ordered. I mean, how cool is that? I love you. My Aunt Anne, who I had christened Oyo as a term of affection, had moved into a beautiful two-bedroom apartment in Fordham Road in the Bronx during the 70s. Her downstairs neighbor was none other than... Uh, okay, I know none of you are going to be able to concentrate on the rest of this podcast until I explain the origins of Oyo. Okay, pardon this little, this little tangent. My Aunt Anne was one of my favorite aunts. She was hilariously funny and incredibly warm and affectionate. And she would call me Michael Oneo. Or when she put it to music... Michael O'Neill, full of Bologna. So my nickname, Michael O'Neill, became her nickname, Oyo. Or as my Uncle John would say, Oyo. Well, anyway, Oyo stuck to the point that all my sisters call her that. And for that point on, Aunt Anne was Aunt Oyo, or simply Oyo. Anyway, back to Oyo's downstairs neighbor. He was a new successful young boxer named Hector Macho Camacho. He was the son of East Harlem. One day, sitting on my stoop, a fancy large caddy pulled up to the white building, a tenement building across the street. And Macho exited the car, opened the trunk, and it was full of toys. And he handed them out to all the local kids. Pretty cool, Macho. Aside from Al and Macho Camacho, a bunch of celebs were born around those stoops of Atlantis. Eric Estrada, Burt Lancaster, Bobby Darren, Mark Anthony, Ronnie Spector, Suzanne Vega, Jose Feliciano, Tito Puente, Greg Sierra, you know, the guy from uh, Barney Miller. What did you do? Hey, I didn't do anything. But my brother-in-law is in New York illegally from Argentina. Where is he? He's hiding in the cellar of a condemned rat-infested building on the west side. Right across the street from me. <laughs> and what about Frank Pellegrino, owner of Rails, who went on to do a great job playing FBI chief Frank Cubatoso? And Catherine Orducci, also from the same amazing show about Jersey mobsters. Both were from the Stoops of Atlantis. And when you talk about East Harlem, you gotta talk about the wise guys. The Stoops of Atlantis was a breeding ground for mobsters in the same way Central America's breeding ground for great baseball players. Pleasant Avenue looked like a Scorsese set in the early 70s. I remember walking around the avenue as a kid during the summer on, let's say, a, a Tuesday afternoon at 2 o'clock, and I would see these grown men hanging around, sitting on lawn chairs. My dad was at work. And would wonder, how come none of these men were working? Well, apparently they were. And we had some big-time wise guys. Now, I have a classic memory from the first day when I was shooting my movie No Exit. I was bubbling with excitement. I mean, I had dreamed of being a film director, 
and had been inspired by all the films I watched shoot around the stoops of Atlantis. In fact, to hear great tales of those shoots, go back and listen to episode 10, Making Movies. A lot of fun stories in that episode. Anyway, as we finished the take, I noticed this older Italian man, stub of a cigar clenching his angry lips, eyes squinted with suppressed rage, and his head squeezed by the derby clamped to his head. He marched across the avenue and beelined it to me. I guess he surmised I was in charge. Hey, you making an Italian look bad? He said with a cigar clamped in his mouth. I knew this guy was a wise guy. He'd been in the social club next to the hot dog store. He looked really familiar. The hat, that stubby cigar. It was Fat Tony. Uh-oh. I had better choose my words carefully. <coughs> no, no, sir. I'm from around here. I'm Italian. He looked me over and nodded. Just don't go making Italians look bad. In the movies, they always make Italians look bad. I'm tired of it. No way, the movie's about Italians. Just half telling the truth, the movie was mostly about thug, bad, punk kids who were Italian. But the main message of the film was family, so I felt confident Fat Tony would approve. So when years and years carrying that moment as a bizarre badge of honor, the boss, Fat Tony Salerno, had reamed me out and I handled it right. And he nodded and walked off. But it, it wasn't Fat Tony. Fat Tony died in jail in 1992. I was shooting No Exit 1994. So who was that cigar-chopping wise guy who demanded the on-screen respect of the Italian people? As they would say on the avenue, I ain't got no friggin' idea. But it's still a better story if it was Fat Tony, so like they say, nothing ruins a good story more than over-verification. So, uh, <clears throat> it was Fat Tony. Famous folks visited, ate at restaurants, shot films, and were born and raised in East Harlem. Just Google it if you want to see the full list. It's quite long. Movie stars, TV celebs, singers, musicians, politicians, and wise guys. But the real heroes are the regular working folk who made the neighborhood what it was. The unknown people who went about their wives in anonymity, just living their days around the stoops of Atlantis. Thanks for listening in to the Stoops of Atlantis with Mikey D. If you enjoyed this podcast, please take a moment to rate it on whatever app you're using. And you could also leave a message at the Facebook page or contact me at stoopsmail at yahoo.com. Until next time. Mm-hmm.